Hey everyone, it's AJ Barce. And this is Chris Powell. We are the co-hosts of Bellingham Podcast. And because we made a mistake on the last episode, we just had to double it. And uh, yeah, we did it again. Yeah. Oh, oops. We did it again. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, exactly. This is actually episode 180 that you're about to listen to, even though we make reference of another number. We won't tell you what that number is, but we've already recorded that number. This is episode 180 of the Bellingham Podcast. You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of February 7th, 2021. This is episode 178. It's a two-parter. From that forest bathing city by the Salish Sea, I'm still AJ Barsay. And straight out of 98226, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, hey, Mr. DJ, keep playing that song over and over and over again. AJ and I are going to talk about the music that moves us both past, present, and future. Well, we, maybe we haven't discovered that music in the future. But in the meantime, you're listening to the Bellingham Podcast. All right, I'm going to start this one off. You were about to say something. <laughs> I was. I'm taking this one over. Uh, happy belated birthday, AJ. Thanks, Chris. Uh, you are now, what, 29? Uh, yes, absolutely. Sure, sounds great. Uh, congratulations on another trip around the sun. <laughs> uh, continued success in this upcoming year of life. What'd you do for your birthday? Well, Chris, I don't know if you've looked around you, but... Um, I look around myself all the time. It's a pandemic. Yeah. So there's not... There wasn't much that we did. Uh, got some uh, got some seafood from... Uh, shout out to Taylor Shellfish, of course and, you know, brought it home, did a big old uh, boil of, of seafood because I am a man of the sea. That's right. Love the Salish Sea. Where are we, Chris? This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> Let's get back on track. We are back again at the Big Rock Garden. And I like that term that I used last uh, episode, the notorious BRG. BRG. I love it. <laughs> now, we're, we're in a little bit of a gazebo uh, location, kind of in the middle of the, of the, the perimeter of, of walking places around. We're in the dead center, if you will, of the Big Rock Garden. Hey, Chris, I want to spring something on you because you've done that to me on too many episodes. What's your favorite piece in this uh, collection? Do you have one? I think there is one uh, that is that one right over there. Uh, <laughs> let's these... do a walk and talk, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. This so... is us. Uh, this is Chris Powell and AJ Barce walking on the uh, trails of the uh, Big Rock Garden, passing the Salal and the Cedars overhead. Yeah. So there's there's a little bit of a. It kind of looks like a, an Asian temple sculpture. Pagoda. Pagoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it says, "Freedom is not free." Uh, this this is honoring. Whatcom County servicemen and women who served in the Korean War uh, back in 2003. So that pagoda that we mentioned last episode, this was a uh, secondary one, but I just like the simplicity of it. And uh, just to be able to take some time and I don't know art. (laughs) I know a couple guys named Art, but I don't know the field of art and I don't know what all goes into it, but it's nice to examine and appreciate its beauty. You could have just went with it. It makes you feel like Zen. Uh, no, I, I saved that on a number of occasions. I don't I really feel Zen. My fingers are getting a little numb from being out in the chilliness. Oh, it's only a balmy 36 degrees, Chris. <laughs> but it's not snowing and icy. Not yet. Actually, it's coming next week. Apparently. All right. What the heck are we talking about, AJ? We are doing part two of our techno-audiophilia, a.k.a. our hi-fi on a lo-fi budget. And this episode is dedicated to the albums, and I mean albums, that shaped who we are both past, present, and future. So last episode, we talked about a little bit of the tech, and I kind of went a little bit off the rails with regards to analog and digital having its place in uh, audiophilia. And uh, this episode, this is like, th- after I'm, I- I'm actually genuinely surprised, Chris, that we never tackled this because you are the king of 80s rock and references thus attributed. 
But this is all about the music. It is. Uh, not to be confused with Run DMC's King of Rock. See, there uh, but it is. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get ready, folks. I got a, <laughs> I got a boatload of them. No, actually, uh, you know, we, we initially started the show uh, as Bellingham Podcast Media Tech. Yeah. We're two technologists. And then our personalities eventually came into place with Captain Get Out and Captain Minimal. Uh, and music happens to show up every now and then, but you know we have some different music styles in a lot of cases. But yeah. l- I'm gonna I'm gonna go tick uh, in this case, and you're gonna be talk. I love it. All right, so tick. Uh, I got started in music way back in the late '70s, and the first eight track that I really was aware of eight and, track. Yeah, rad, yeah, dude. Yeah, go Google it, kids. Oh, actually, Duck Duck Go It, kids. Um, in my dad's green Chevrolet Impala station wagon. It had an A-track player in it. And my parents often went to the Salvation Army and Goodwill uh, thrift stores because they like to pop some tags as well. Uh, But one of the A-tracks they got was uh, Star Wars Disco. Yeah, you heard me. Uh, check it out on YouTube. <laughs> so they got the it's it's loosely tied in with the majestic Star Wars theme, but it's with the oons oons oons, and you can picture John. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, it, give it give it a disco beat, and John Travolta doing the whole disco moves and Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, um, I listened to that a lot. Wow. That was the first eight track album that I was aware of. Talk. So for me, I'm gonna go. Uh, more of my formative years. So, uh, growing up, uh, my mom was a, a fan of country western, and my dad was a fan of uh, oldies. So between the two, like I kind of have appreciation of like anything from the 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 Beach Boys to uh, p- pick any any contemporary like country western singer. And I wasn't one of those kids that had the 80s rock posters pasted on the wall and stuff. I was more of the understanding the instrumentals behind it and how a person could, out of or out of hard rock, the sweet solos. I wanted to know how you could make those notes come off of a fretboard and not have your fingers on fire. Yeah, that would be a three-parter episode for that, for us to discuss those. But anyway, that's my wheelhouse. I get I get where you're coming from. And so whether it was um, listening to Willie Nelson, you just do simple licks or, uh, or, or, or for me, one pinnacle 1968 uh, album uh, that my dad introduced me to that would later come and revisit me in my high school era was Mason Williams' Classical Gas. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't heard this, folks, like it's it it is one of those things where it was on the Billboard pop charts, and it is an instrumental. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And in '68, it was funny. Um, so I actually have a uh, for my birthday, I actually got a 45 of the original Classical Gas, which is actually uh, it's only two songs. It's not the full album. Um, which if you're listening to this, uh, Classical Gas was the A side and B side was Longtime Blues, which is not my 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 favorite song of his, but. Classical gas for me, it just surmised the fact that here is a gentleman who could play classical flamenco, instrumental, whatever you want to call that song. And the fact is that it was iconic and it is still an iconic song. Well, it's a classic. And well, it's hence the name, classical yeah. gas. Uh-huh. Which is funny is here's you love trivia because last episode you talked about IMDb and there's no really music IMDb that I know of. Uh, uh, unless you consult the CPDB. CP? Oh, yeah, the Chris you, Powell Chris database. Powell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it was released in 1968 by Mason Williams. For, uh, and, and here's the thing. It was initially called Classical Gasoline. Huh. And the song was envisioned to be, quote, the fuel for a classical guitar repertoire. Well. 
the title was later shortened because uh, of a music copyist inadvertently shortened it to classical gas. So happy some, accident. Yeah, uh, and it became um, it, it peaked on as number two on the Billboard charts, and then number three uh, in the uh, U.S. Easy Listening charts for. I think I think instead of links in the show notes in which you're currently drinking right now, <laughs> um, coffee <laughs> yeah, for coffee, the record. There you go. Yeah, keep yourself warm. Uh, I would recommend that y'all fire up the old YouTube and uh, type in Mason Williams classical, classical gas. gas. Nineteen sixty eight. Inevitably, you will get to listen to this song. Yeah. Go ahead and hit pause on this pro- program right now. Okay, now that you're back, wasn't yeah, that great. a great song? All right, cool. So, uh, tick. <laughs> tick. Uh, the first cassette tape I ever bought when in my formative years of middle school, uh, junior high, if you will, I was probably in, um, I, w- I was actually in, think about 1984, I was 11 years old. And uh, that would put me smack dab in sixth grade. Back uh, in the days, I watched WWF wrestling, and there was a tag team named Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. And they came out to a song called Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. First cassette I ever bought. Here's some trivia about me, folks. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. And no, hackers, this is not one of those uh, security questions that I would put uh, for any websites. No, I just thought it was really cool, and it was a popular uh, big, huge re- album release in 1984, I believe. Uh, that was my first cassette. Tick. So talk, talk. <laughs> so again, I had a hybrid of 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 country to my to my left and oldies to my right, and somehow uh, in my my middle school and and later. Uh, uh, I guess junior high years. Give us the time frame of when that is, because I talked about middle school in in the eighties for me. So this would have been the mid nineties for All me. All right, fair enough, you youngin. So as I again, I have my my mom's taste of of country western to my left, and my dad's oldies. Clowns uh, to the left of me, jokers to the right. right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> and so I discovered that oldies was a, a genre, and there's something pre oldies, and that was kind of the Rat Pack era, and. I really fell in love with that era. The crooners. The crooners. Anything from like the 20s, 30s, 40s on up. Mm -hmm. And so you get you get some some classical stylings out of that. But really, especially because of my Italian heritage, I really fell in love with the Rat Pack and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I remember uh, seeing seeing him on one of the uh, films. I think it was Ocean's Eleven, the original. Oh yes, the, and the original him, one. Seeing him jump up and sing EO Eleven, I was like, "What is this music? This is amazing!" And so I really kind of went down that rabbit hole. Dean Martin and 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 um, Frank, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra, Bobby Darin, all of those, all of those uh, crooners. Yeah. And and listening to them in their heyday. So there is, uh, and this is a, a a link in the show notes that is Nonazon. What I'm Nonazon. sorry. What? This is the thing that you sprung on me. Yes, folks. <laughs> Ever since Chris Powell jumped on me on the uh, 175th edition of the Bellingham Podcast, all of our links moving forward in 2021, we're going to try to be Nonazon, so that it's not an Amazon link. Well, there you go. So uh, this is um, this isn't actually to an LP. It is also in digital, and it's uh, classic uh, Sinatra, uh, and it's his greatest performances from 1953 to 1960. Right on. Um, so one more for the road. All of those, and uh, it's definitely something I've been. I, the lady is a tramp. Oh yeah. Luck be a lady. Yes. He had a thing about women, didn't he? Well, again. <laughs> 
Yes, this was the Mad Men era, Chris. We right. Did. All right. Tick. Tick. Yeah. So, what, you know, cassettes were a thing back in the middle school era. Another thing that was popular were the 45 records. And when I say 45, I'm not talking about my IQ. This would be the RPM speed of the record because normally a, a long play, 33 revolutions per minute. There's also 78, which yeah. is me when I have five energy shots in one sitting. Fun fact, do not put a 78 on your contemporary turntable. Those needles are bigger. Well, there you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, and so the first 45 single, A side, B side, you know, you only get one song per, per side. side. Uh, this one was the Pet Shop Boys West End Girls. Because, what? Yeah, you heard me. And so on MTV, I, I grew up, my formative middle school years were during the, year, during the time when I Want My MTV was a catchphrase and they actually played get this kids music videos wait what yeah it's not just stupid programming of of a bunch of kids uh mugging for the camera no this one was like two young 20 something english blokes one of whom's in a full-length black coat not smiling just walking around the english streets with a really acerbic look on his face. And his buddy is just looking away as the guy's talking emotionless, singing the lyrics of West End Girls. I was entranced by it. Okay. Liked it so much, had to buy the 45. Talk. Oh, that's a good one. So one of the first uh, CDs that I, I, I got, leading in, so from middle school to junior high, at the end of junior high, my dad bought me my first guitar. Ooh. And it was, I still have it. What was it. yours? Uh, it's a Fender DG3, a dreadnought blonde top. So um, yours was an acoustic first guitar. Yeah. Cool. All of my guitars are acoustic. PV Tracer, electric PV? guitar. PV Whoa, Tracer. No, it was cheap. They, did, they didn't want to make too much of an investment. I'm stealing <laughs> your thunder. No, but anyway, cool. go ahead. With Fender <laughs> no, DG3. I remember, I remember those. Was that from Musician Friends? No, it was from uh, Straight, like the Straight of Juan de Fuca, Straight Music in Port Angeles, Washington. Because ah. I grew up in Sequim, and Sequim didn't have any uh, music stores, but Port Angeles did. And I got that electric guitar in a horrible shade of blue. One pickup, always out of tune because I didn't know how to tune a guitar with intonation, <laughs> and a 10-watt Fender amplifier. Yeah, a little front man. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so anyway, that but that was that's me. We're talking about you. So Talk. okay, so for me, um, I don't remember. It might have been for a birthday present. Um, I got an album from my my mom and dad, and it was uh, when I was starting to play because I, I play more finger picking, more acoustical guitar, and um, it was uh, a, a very obscure CD called Classical Guitar Masters Variation in Measure, and it has like Genepede on it. It's got uh, for Elise, and it's all done by acoustic guitar masters, and it was also my first introduction to like. Oh, you can add reverb to stuff, and it. I, I remember, I remember putting it in my disc man, and uh, sound made by Sony. It, sound isolating, uh, whatever headphones uh, my dad had, and listening to that, and that was when I, I was like, I could just, I wanted, I wanted so bad to be able to play like that. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's a record label ba or back in the day called Wyndham Hill. And in the 80s, uh, it was straight acoustic. Mm -hmm. And they branched out, you know, into other styles. Beautiful music. Just just Duck, Duck, Go, Wyndham Hill. And uh, just look at some of the artists. But yeah, acoustic guitar. That also sounds like a great, great album. Duck, Duck, Go, Wyndham Hill. <laughs> or a great password, too. Well, you know what else is a great password? What's that? KMRE 102.3 FM. You know, that's actually... Uh, Special character. That would be 10 yeah. characters, letters, numbers, capital, lower, showcase. Yeah, that would be great <laughs> on the internet for a password. And if you were to go to KMRE.org, they're streaming all of what they're playing right now. Don't hit pause yet. 
but they can play, you know, what's on their music. <laughs> Listen to them on KMRE.org. The normal, I, lost, the I lost my inertia on that one. That's okay. Tick. Uh, let's see. Uh, so in my early years of high school, which would be the late 80s, I got my guitar, like I referred to, the PB Tracer, and I tried rock, but that was really chug-chug, and I learned the power of moving chords, uh, root-fifth chords, but then I also discovered blues, and my first compact disc player, like I mentioned last episode, the first CD I bought, which are actually the first uh, of my two names' initials, CD, uh, the D stands for danger, of course, uh, the first CD I ever bought was George Thorogood Live, because... It's not, he's not just bad to the bone. He's also one bourbon, one scotch, one beer, who is, which is a cover of John Lee Hooker's song. Uh, Move It On Over, uh, Madison Blues, uh, I Drink Alone, because obviously George Thorogood, if you're doing blues, you're going to drink, uh, <laughs> like a lot of our show notes. But uh, no, I, I, it was so easy to play blues, and I'm like, oh, with my right hand, and I'm left-handed, which was an, an advantage, because I can really get a power yeah. grip on the frets. I picked off a lot of George Thorogood blues songs, and then I realized, oh, he's covering Muddy Waters, Bo Diddley, John Lee Hooker. I'll check these guys out. Right. So anyway, I'm, I'm a big fan of the blues. Talk. So uh, leading into to uh, going into college, like I mentioned in the last episode, um, I I stumbled upon because, of course, I uh, was a Western student. So, of course, knowing about Bellingham and Death Cab for Cutie and, you know, uh, that that era, um, the Postal Service had dropped Give Up. And just like anybody else, like that was it was just I remember wanting that album for, like it was the first album like. Not as, as as I've said, I range from classic Sinatra to classical music, and here I am going. I want this, this like electronica, but not really electronica. What what is this music? And that's that's where I really found it. Um, and my wife also uh, around the same time also found that album, and um, we share a lot of memories of of that that playing in the backgrounds we study. That's cool. Um, talked about the first cassette. This is a tick, by the way. First cassette, first uh, A-track that I recalled listening to, first L- uh, 45, first compact disc. But the first LP, the, f- the first vinyl album I purchased, it was in the... Uh, it was in the Salvation Army in Port Angeles, Washington on a Saturday morning. I was uh, stuck there while my mom was looking through all the aisles of clothes and things like that. No, don't worry, mom. Love you still. Thanks for clothing me with all of the retail stuff. Thanks, Chris's mom. I'm in the I'm in the vinyl record section, and I happened to just see this picture of a guy in kind of a blurred photo as he's a guitarist. And it just said Ted Nugent. Huh. And so I played or I bought this Ted Nugent because I heard about him in some of these guitar magazines. And let me just stop. Take a time out for a second, folks. Uh, When I say Ted Nugent, disengage from what your mind might be thinking right now. Let's go back to the 1970s and 1976, I believe, for this debut album. Uh, Let's let's go back to when he was like leaving the Amboy Dukes as the lead singer and guitarist and going on a solo artist, a really great solo artist, like, or, you know, rock star stranglehold was my jam. Uh, that was my first album, uh, snakeskin cowboys. Uh, and I, and, uh, a, a number of others, but I played, uh, learning guitar. A lot of it was learning some of these classic rock blues artists. And so 10 Nugent self-titled was my first LP ever bought talk talk so uh my first job my boss uh shout out to to david if he listens 
Um, I remember this one day. He he was an audiophile. Uh, he background in in actual like audio production and stuff. Uh, it's where I learned a lot of my um, studio work was for learning uh, kind of under his wing. He introduced me this one one day uh, to this folk artist, and of course, folk is in my wheelhouse. I love classical, and I love I love that that style because it's kind of folk for me is like the essence of. Uh, going country without the Western, you know, you're singing a ballad, you're singing a story. It's a poem with music behind it. So I, I love folk. Um, but he wasn't listening to the Jack Johnson type of folk that we, we know today. He was listening to a man by the name of John Gorka. And here's this, like this, this, this gentleman with simple guitar, simple beat. And again, poetry in, in lyrics. And so I asked him one day, who is this? He goes, Oh, it's John Gorka. Who? And he's just like, basically the the same look that you give me sometimes like okay i'll get you a bib yeah here you go <laughs> and he let me borrow um a, a company you keep and on it is a song called abraham and a, a few others that I, I today even today chris if you were to look at my playlist you'll probably see that album probably one of the most played that i still play and it's just because david introduced it to me and again it's just you have you just have a good songwriter and a good story. It's great. So for my tick, uh, in high school, as I'm learning guitar and everything like that, I played a lot of board games, a lot of card games with my father. Magic the Gathering? Not quite. Okay. Uh, this was more like double solitaire and chess and checkers. Cribbage. and Cribbage, yes. And so, oh, by the way, Bellingham, uh, <laughs> you may be seeing me whenever the Walk and Dispute Resolution Center has their uh, fun for a cause cribbage tournaments. Yeah, I'm the guy that's beating you by 30 points. King Cribbage. Uh, <laughs> the background music that my father and I would, were listening to, and my father had an extensive record collection from his heyday in the 50s. And, you know, Mitch Miller and uh, Louis Prima and all of these singer-songwriters, very similar to the 50s crooners that you were mentioning before. But there was one jazz artist in particular, and his name was Dave Brubeck. Now, for those of you that aren't aware of Dave Brubeck, we'll get you a bit. <laughs> there it is. Uh, here is a Bay Area pianist. Uh, very similar to Vince Guaraldi in the uh, Charlie Brown uh, scores. But Dave Brubeck messed around with time signatures. So now Take 5 is Dave Brubeck's, uh, one of his most famous, the, the Dave Brubeck Quartet. was one of the, the most famous jazz songs ever created. And it's in 5-4 time, not, not 1, 2, 3, 4. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and so on. Beautiful song, beautiful artist. And as I'm playing, uh, you know, trying to beat my dad at these games. This is playing in the background. And there was a live uh, recording that Dave Brubeck had called Bravo Brubeck live in Mexico. Just some wonderful, uh, you know, instrumentals, uh, trap drum kit, upright bass, clarinet or an alto sax, or maybe a, a soprano sax, I forget which one, and Dave on piano. Check out Dave Brubeck because this, this artist will enhance your life for dinner parties, mm -hmm. for quiet times alone reading a magazine, uh, to sitting by the fireplace, uh, and also just to be able to listen to something new that, does, that is not overproduced. Talk. Speaking of not overproduced, uh, so, and I've mentioned this band before, the, the thing that I look forward to is, uh, whatever memories my son has of us listening to his favorite little raccoon character on chill hop music. Yes. And that's where I got introduced, uh, to lo-fi. And so now as a professional, like, you know, we've, we've gone through the eras, like listening to anything from the blues to the oldies, to the crooners, to the oldies, to, you know, uh, the, the, the millennium of the electronica 
ballads. You know, there's this other thing where you introduced me to this thing of, well, ambience. Yes. But the thing about ambience for me is that it's a little bit, I, I, I it, for me, I can't, it's, it's good background music for it's me. It's a little too subdued for your it's taste. It's way, yeah. So I need, I need, again, kind of like a ballad. I need to have poetry, whether there's words or not. And that's where I like this aspect that Chill Hop does. And there's also, uh, Chill Hop's based out of the Netherlands. There's another uh, band called Chilled Cow. There's a lot of chilled in this sphere. Uh, they're based out of France. But again, there's kind of a beginning and an end. There's a movement to it. More like uh, classical music with that regard. This genre is called lo-fi, which is kind of a spin on hi-fi, hence the two-part show that we have. And with lo-fi, it's down-tempo. Uh, but it's, it's still relaxation. It is still a soundscape. It just has a tempo to it. And on top of that, the other thing that they tend to craft is that analog feel. They'll actually put in hisses and pops, but it's part of the rhythm, which is kind of interesting. So a lot of people have asked me about Chill Hop lately. I don't know why. And um, I, I, the, the big question is, was there an album to be pointed to? And there is. There is a part of Chill Hop is kind of a consortium of different artists. There is an artist called Sleepy Fish. And especially here in the Salish Sea, the the story of uh, there's actually a story behind the three albums that Sleepy Fish has produced, where they're they actually did a, a three part uh, vinyl, and that's kind of where you get the story of the fact that it, Sleepy Fish was actually a fish in a fishbowl. Um, this this young lady brought her brought this fish home, and unfortunately there was a tidal wave. She lives on a houseboat. The fish went into the ocean. Girl grows up, becomes a research scientist uh, for the ocean, and. Uh, in preserving the blue, she stumbles upon her old fish now in mm. the ocean. The fish is called Sleepy Fish, where he has this, or this fish has this ability to help people through the the melodies of its scales, the scales of the fish. Uh, okay. Is this whole is this whole thing? And I've read the story to my son. He loves Sleepy Fish. It's very Sailor Sea vibes, dude. It's yeah. very Sailor Sea vibes. Great story. No, that's that's a cool one to check out. Yeah. Uh, tick, final tick for me. So I'm a established young man, gra college graduate, and my father has since passed away. So my primary music source uh, has moved on and I'm trying to figure things out for myself. And uh, I discovered in, in efforts to try to uh, have nice background music when I'm inviting people over to my place. Uh, there's a jazz trumpeter and jazz has always been a part of my upbringing but a jazz trumpeter named Wynton Marsalis. Wynton Marsalis is one of the most famous jazz trumpeters in the world if you haven't uh, heard of him uh, but there is a series of rele uh, releases that he's made called Marsalis Standard Time volume one through volume five perhaps I Whoa. lost track after a while but volumes one through three if you were to go on your streaming music of choice uh, app of choice Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever, you'd probably find this. Yeah, that too. Uh, very chill, I gotta say romantic music, because in my early 20s, I was trying to be romantic, failed miserably on a number of occasions. But that music was a great background that you could just have a conversation. It didn't need to be f f forefront or at, at the forefront of what was going on. Like so much music is just screaming for your attention mm -hmm. in so many ways of distraction. Check out Wynton Marsalis, Standard Time, Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3, especially Volume 3. Uh, if you are, if you have a special someone that you want to get a little lovey-dovey with, it's called The Resolution of Romance. And I uh, have enjoyed many uh, listens to that. Dig uh, it. Uh, CD album. So, 
Uh, that is a big, diverse rundown. We didn't even talk about my Headbangers Ball days. That's like... Oh, that that's going to be... Like I said, I think we're going to have a, a music, I don't know, music appreciation episode every every so often because we're going to revisit this. Yeah, I think that's that's worth it. But in the meantime, we should probably... We should probably do that, but in the meantime, we got to you know check out the old quality assurance. Oh, the old quality assurance. Uh, this this these picks are brought to you by AJ Barce and uh, Chris Powell for your quality assurance. That's right. So I've got one uh, that kind of just loops in both episodes, and that is if you're in the Bellingham area uh, and you're interested in vinyl. Uh, you mentioned the Salvation Army. I know that the Goodwill on Sunset uh, should have some. Uh, audio uh, uh, t- types available but anyway don't don't uh, quote us on that but anyway continue so so you can always go to secondhand stores and stuff but here in Bellingham we have a kind of a special thing we have uh, a, a record shop they're called EM everyday music formerly cellophane square for those of you that were here back in the day across from what was also formerly uh avalon, avalon that burned down if i yeah, recall yeah but Pour one out for avalon but uh anyway the everydaymusic.com uh, you can check out their website because all of our links are non-azon and um just go they, they are open during the pandemic you have to mask up they have a cap and stuff but you can thumb through some of the albums that chris and i have, have thrown out in this episode but also because we have international listeners i did a little bit of digging so there is a search engine, for lack of better terms, for all of our international listeners if you sh- wanted to uh, dive into the analog side of uh, audio for vinyl. Um, if you go to recordstores.love. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a .com that I love. So .love. And what you can do is you can put in your, I think it, you can give it your browser, your your uh, location data, or if you're like Chris Powell and I, you just put in your zip code. And it will zoom to your uh, region and show you the record shops closest to you. Um, there are some other ones out there. This one, it seemed to be the most up-to-date um, because it showed which ones we actually have as opposed to like Avalon, which is burned down and stuff. So it looks like it's it's updated. Um, so check that out if you're interested in the analog side of things. So for my quality assurance, I want to have something related to last episode's A Strangely Isolated Place. There's a wonderful website out there called headphonecommute.com. Oh, how I miss the typical commutes uh, <laughs> that we would have in our cars. Yes. But anyway, Headphone Commute is, a, is another ambient uh, electronica type website that gives a lot of wonderful reviews, in-depth reviews of a lot of these soundscape albums and interviews with the artists as well. So here's that IMDB factor that I so enjoy. Uh, you get to learn a lot about the current artists that are out there. Uh, headphonecommute.com. And I'd say uh, probably check it out because that is where I go to discover new artists that may be similar to others that I've already listened to. That's a well done. It's a very clean website. I enjoy the layout that they have. They have a really good theme on their website. Don't know if they're Squarespace or WordPress. Wow, Chris, you just really are tearing this one apart. I'm, I don't mess around. Gee, I think we should probably stick a fork in this show. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for this two part edition of the Bellingham podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, dropping a needle on us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember if you're analog or digital, you might be listening to us on Camry 102.3 FM. They are. Wow, that was quick. They are streaming worldwide on KMRE.org for all of you that listen to us at 1.0 and 1.3x, where AJ sounds like a chipmunk right now. <laughs> nope, that's only 5-4 timing, but I am AJ Barce. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us uh, for this two-parter on the Bellingham Podcast. So have you gotten AJBarce.love uh, for your .com purchase? No, I'm not that narcissistic. Okay, uh, well, there still is hope for you. <laughs>